You know, we've all found ourselves in situations where people are, they're talking to us, they're trying to explain something, they're trying to make a point, and, and the reality is, is we have no idea what they're, what they're talking about. And instead of going on with the conversation, we might say something like, I see, I see, and we nod our head, knowing we have absolutely no idea uh, what they are talking about. We just want this conversation to be over with. And uh, for whatever reason, we don't care about what they're talking about, or maybe we even have a different perspective on the topic that is being discussed. Maybe we have our own viewpoints and we know it's going to offend them, and so it's better for us just to nod along and move the conversation You know, but today, I want us to be able to say those words, I see, and truly see the spiritual truth that God has for us. If you were here, weren't here last week, we began looking at John chapter 9, and we found the man that was spiritually blind. And as you walk through John chapter 9, you see different people that have different perspectives. You see the disciples who look at this man, and they say, who who sinned? that this man was born blind. Was it him or was it his parents? And Jesus says, neither he nor his parents sinned. But our natural perspective in life, our natural reaction oftentimes is just to be judgmental. We see people in a situation and we say, what did you do to bring this, to your, bring this upon yourself? And sometimes just life happens. Right? We say that we live in a fallen world, we deal with fallen people, and you know, we have to deal with the consequences of the actions of other people sometimes. Now, sometimes we bring the consequences upon ourselves. We make dumb decisions and we do dumb things and we have to suffer the consequences, you know, for that. But the reality is a lot of times we just suffer because we live in a fallen world amongst fallen people and we deal with situations. Uh, health situations and stuff like that because of the world, you know, that we live in. Then you had the perspective of the neighbors. Is this really the guy that was blind? We've seen him all these days and, and we, we can't believe that this is him. And, and he says, I'm, I'm he. And they struggled to really see when the truth is right before them. And then so they take him to the Pharisees and we have the perspective of the Pharisees who say, who healed you? They didn't say it was amazing that you're healed. They said, who healed you? Particularly, the problem that we have is who healed you on the Sabbath day? But you know, the reality is, is that we are all blind without Jesus Christ. And often in scripture, Paul talks about the fact that we were in darkness and we were blind. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. This is who we were without Jesus Christ. And so when we come to this passage today, we see this man who is now able to, to see. And he's approached by the Pharisees and they question him and challenge him. And he basically says, listen, I don't know who this guy is and I don't know how he's able to do this, but all I know is... I see. Jesus did something great in my life. And now I have sight that I never had before. And I hope that we can put our pride aside. I hope that we can put our, our heritage aside, our, our skewed way of thinking at times aside, and really come to the scriptures and say, okay, God, what do you have for me today? And then when God works in our life, The Spirit of God uses the Word of God in our life to open up our mind and our heart and our life. We would listen and we would come to the place where we say, okay, I see, I see this 
what God is trying to do in my life. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for the beautiful music that we've had today and for these folks with just such amazing talents, Lord. And I just, Lord, what, what privilege it is to sing these songs and worship you and, and point our heart to Christ and to who he is. And I thank you for the reminder by uh, Sherry and Lisa about the fact that, Lord, we need to glorify you with our life and everything that we do and say should point to you and, and you should receive the glory from our life. Father, I pray now as we come to your word that you'd use it in our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the great problems in this section of scripture is that the Pharisees are so stuck on what they believe or what they think with no really backing, but they're so stuck on their viewpoint that they're blinded to the truth of Jesus Christ that is right before them. They have been so stuck on Christ working on the Sabbath or uh, quote unquote breaking their view or their perception of, of the Sabbath day. So it doesn't matter really what he does. They're not going to accept him. They're just going to become more and more angry. And so this is what we see happening. This man is born blind. He now can see and he's brought to the Pharisees. And the question that they have is, and, or the response is, wow, isn't this amazing? And God has done something great here. And, and obviously, if he can heal the blind, Jesus must be God in the flesh. Their mindset and their attitude is, where is he? Who did this? And how are we going to uh, deal with, with this situation? Now, we're going to come to the theological points here, but I really don't want you to miss some practical truths that we see from, from this passage uh, today. Look back with me at uh, John chapter 9, beginning in verse 34. The Bible says, They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. So basically, they come to this man, and they ask him these questions. And if you go back to verses 32 and 33, the man basically says to them, if he can heal me, if he can heal my, the fact that I was blind and give me the ability to see, isn't it obvious that this man is who he says he is, that this man is God? And so their response to them is, who do you think you are? Obviously, you were born blind, so there's sin in your life and, or your parents' life. And, and who do you think you are to teach us? There's two practical truths I want to bring to your attention before we get into the theological points here. First of all, this has to be the greatest day in this man's life, wouldn't you say? I mean, this has to be the greatest day. He was born blind, and now he can see. And so the, the neighbors are questioning him, all right? Listen, they should be throwing a party and rejoicing with the miracle that happened. But instead, the neighbors are confused over what's going on. They're questioning, they're judgmental. And then they bring him to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, all they see here is the problem that they have with Jesus. They're so wrapped up in themselves that they miss this great thing that happened in this man's life. They're so consumed that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath that they missed the point that he healed him and that this great thing happened in this man's life. Oftentimes, you know, we can find ourselves doing the same thing. We're wrapped up in ourselves that we miss the blessings in the lives of other people. So we can't celebrate with other people when things go well. We know we become jealous. Somebody gets a new car and, and, and man, what do they think? Uh, how do they afford that car? Who cares? It's none of your business. 
All right? But that's our attitude. Like, how do they get that? What do they do to that? And, and they must be living above their means. Hey, that's between them, God, and their creditors. All right? And, but that's our mindset. We become jealous over uh, what other people have. Or we have to outdo them. Uh, we have to outdo them or we have our own agenda. Somebody comes up to you and says, man, I'm so excited. You know, little Johnny, little Sally, she made the A-B honor roll. Oh, that's great. But my son made the A honor roll. They don't care that your son made the A honor roll. They care that their son made the A-B honor roll. He's been getting D's and F's for his whole life. And now this great thing happened. And, and now he made the A-B honor roll. And they're coming and they want you to celebrate with them. And what do you do? You got to throw a bucket of cold water on them. And it's because we got to make ourselves feel better. And so, you know, my kid is better than yours. That's why we put the little stickers. My kid made the A honor roll and, you know, at such and such school. And I love the people that put the stickers on there. My dog is smarter than your you know, honor roll student or whatever it is like that. But it's like, you know, people have a baby and, you know, a little baby and they're very cute and we lie to them about that even when they're ugly and bless their heart but but you know it's a big deal it's a big deal to these parents just like it was to me just like it was to you when their child you know they take that first step and they're so excited about it or they say their their first words and they go through all these little milestones and instead of celebrating with them uh, there's always somebody that says wow your kid didn't walk until five months mine walked at four months What's wrong? Why are they so delayed? And what's going on in their life? And, you know, my child is, is better than your child. You know, people are excited. My daughter's reading in K-4. Yeah, well, my kid was reading in K-3. Listen, we always have to try to outdo people. In Virginia, um, in our church there, there were several kids that were Kyle's age. And um, I mean, we probably had like 13, 14 kids in, our, in his little Sunday school class. And, and when he was about four years old, uh, one little girl got saved. And then all of a sudden it became like this competition in our church, like whose kid was going to get saved first. And, and so this little kid got saved and that little kid got saved. And, and I remember one day I was at church and this lady walked up to me and, and she was telling me about her daughter getting saved. And she looked at me and, and she's like, has Kyle gotten saved? And, and I said, no, not that I know of. And, and she, you could see the disdain in her face. Like you're the pastor and your son's not saved yet. Like what's wrong with you? What's going on in your home? And I, and I said, well, you know, when, you know, when it's time or when the Lord works in his life, you know, he'll get saved. Like, you know, it's not a competition. I'm not trying to beat you here. I, re I really want to know that he really accepted Christ as his savior. But you know, in our pride, we often say, you know, stupid stuff. And so here's the practical advice here. Here's the practical point. Sometimes just be quiet. Like, just be quiet. Like, people are celebrating and they're excited and, and they don't need you to bring them down. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. You know what the Bible tells us right there? Hey, listen, we should outdo in giving honor. We shouldn't be trying to outdo and, and put ourselves above other people. But we should say, man, that's amazing. I'm surprised they weren't reading before. They're so smart and amazing kids. And you have the cutest kid and the greatest kid. And, you know, instead of saying, my kid's better than your kid. You know, and I'm better than you. You move down a couple verses in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. It says this, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your 
own conceits. We've all been taught if you can't say anything nice, then what? Don't say anything at all. As Christians, we should be able to rejoice with others and their success. But if you can't, just be quiet. Like, don't say anything at all. Here this guy was, and he was so excited about life. And I mean, his life literally was changed. And they couldn't rejoice with him, these religious leaders of the day. They were consumed about the, with their agenda towards Jesus Christ. And here's the, the second issue that I have with these Pharisees and a practical issue here. Look back at verse number 34. The Bible tells us they cast, they cast him out. Because they did not like what he had to say, they cast him out. Now, they were the religious leaders, and, and who is he to, to teach them? And, and the truth is here that he made a good point. And sometimes when we don't have an answer or some sort of response, we kind of get mad and just kind of disregard people and, and, as they did, cast them out. But the truth is, is I've learned a lot of lessons in my life from some, some unusual places and from some unusual people. We can't come to the place where we think we have all the answers. And in reality, it's a dangerous place when we come to that mindset that I can't learn from others because they're beneath me or they're from a different background or, they, or, the, or whatever the issue might be. God uses people all the time and situations all the time in my life. And, and so I've realized I need to be open to truth and I need to be open, open to, to grow. You know, there are some things that are clear truth that we know. And the Bible is straightforward and, and we, we're going to hold to them and we're not going to compromise. But there are some things that, you know, I've been taught and, and let's be honest, I've been taught wrong. Both, you know, why, why I was not a Christian and, and, you know, since I've been a Christian. And I have to be willing to be honest with myself. And, and we're all changing and we're all growing throughout our life. And, and we have to be honest with ourselves. Just because somebody has an opinion that I don't like doesn't mean I'm just to reject them and, and to dismiss them. You know, don't you hate that in life? I hate being dismissed by people. Like as if, as if my opinion or my thought process doesn't matter. And so I strive to make sure I don't ever do that. Listen, you might have a dumb opinion, but I'm going to listen to it, all right? And I mean, it's just a reality of life. And I might disagree with you, but, that's, but I shouldn't be just dismissive of that. And so often we find that, that mindset in the church. And there's a lot of people in our society that are hurt, that have been hurt by the church because we just dismiss them and disregard them because they're a little different than us. Hey, the, the reality is even in the areas they're wrong, they need help growing in. And instead of being dismissive and just putting them down, that's, which is destructive for their spiritual walk, we should be there to encourage them and teach them and, and help them in their spiritual walk. You know, sometimes, you know, we need to be quiet and sometimes we need to be willing just to come and show some, show some care and kindness and love and, and compassion. And I could not imagine here being blind. I don't know how long he'd been blind. We don't know how old he was, and, but we know he's been born, been blind since he was born. And the Bible tells us here that Jesus heals this man. And what happens? Nobody's running around excited. I mean, if, as you read through the story, you can't even see that his parents were excited about it. Like all, all we know is he is our child and he was born blind and now he can see. But because of all of the religious persecution, everything going on, they, they should be throwing a party 
and should kill the fatted calf and and be excited about what Jesus did and and bring Jesus to the party and glorify him and honor him as God and uh, for what he did in this man's life. But oftentimes we're so skeptical and we're so hard, even in our own life, we we miss the point. Hey, rejoice with them that rejoice. Be excited for the good things in life. You know what? There's always going to be somebody better. We know that. That's just the reality of life. There's always going to be people that are worse than us. That's just the reality of the world that we live in. But we should find opportunities to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep and encourage where we can be an encouragement to them. I would have hated to stand before these Pharisees saying, look at what Jesus did in my life. And all they could do is be disgruntled and upset and anger over the situation right there. How sad that is. And you know, unfortunately, that happens way too often in our world today. People get saved and we, all we do is question and judge um, well, is it really true or did, did you really change? People that are addicted to a substance say, you know, I have my 30-day chip and whatever they do in that. And, um, and then say, well, we'll see if it really lasts. Hey, listen, be excited for them when they meet milestones and they're, and they're growing and, and their life is being changed. And instead of being disgruntled and, and bringing them down, come alongside and be an encouragement and be a help to them because the reality is we all need that in our life. We all need that in our life. We all need encouragement and help along the way. So that's the practical application of this. As this man's life was changed, he should have found encouragement amongst these religious leaders instead of them wanting to find out who Jesus is. But I want us now to look at the passage of Scripture here and really see the spiritual truth that God wants us uh, to, to find here. We're back in verse 34. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. The first thing I want you to see in this passage is we are all, we are all blind without Christ. And this is basically what this, what Jesus tells this man and these Pharisees. He says, listen, I've come to help those that are blind and those that see, I've come to make them blind. Now, the problem is, is there's, there's really two types of people. Isn't it amazing how often we say that as preachers? There's always two types of people in the world. They're saved and lost. That's a reality of life. Um, but in the, say, uh, in the lost category, there's two types of people. There are those that are not saved, and there are those that are not saved and think they're right with God. And there's a lot of religious people out there. And this is what Christ is talking about. I've come to help to heal those or to help those that are spiritually blind. And they, they know they're lost in their sin, and I've come to save them. But I also have come so that those that believe they're right with God, based on their works, their morality, or their heritage, um, I've come to help them become blind. 
And that's the picture of what he's trying to say here. There's all these Pharisees standing around who believe that they're right with God based on the fact that they're Abraham's seed or based on the fact that they're Pharisees and they do religious works. And Jesus says, your problem is that you need to be made lost. You need to come to the realization that you are lost in your sin. And unfortunately, there's so many people, particularly in our culture, in our society today, that, that have wealth and material things, and, and they, they live the quote-unquote American dream and the good life, and they think, I'm okay with God. And Jesus came to make them blind. Hey, listen, today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're lost in your sin. You need to come to that realization. You need to understand that truth today. We are all dead in our trespasses and sins. We are all as this blind man was. And so number two, then, we all need to be introduced to Jesus. We all need to be introduced to Jesus. Jesus finds that this man was cast out, and so who does he, what does he do? He goes to them. that's a whole nother sermon right there about how God cares about those that are cast out in our society today. Um, But we don't have time to get into that. But Jesus comes to him and he asks him the question, do you believe, do you believe on the son of God? And the man says, who is that? Who is that? You know, the sad truth is we believe in our culture, in our country, that everybody knows who Jesus is. And everybody knows who, who God is. And there was a time when you can go door to door through Anderson and, and almost every door you go to, you could knock and, and you could say, you know, if you die today, do you know that you'll go to heaven? And they know the gospel. If you ask them, do you know who Jesus Christ is? They know who Jesus is. But you know, you can do that today and you can find door after door, person after person who does not know who Jesus Christ is. That's sad. You know, that's not a failure in our culture. That's a failure on the church, All right? We can say it's because of the world that we live in, but it's more because the church is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know, we rely on church TV today. Like there's so much religious TV out there. Surely everybody knows what Jesus, who Jesus is. Yeah, there's a lot of false teaching out there. There's a lot of false religions out there that are advertising and broadcasting. But what the world needs is for believers in Jesus Christ to go out and tell people who Jesus is. I can't tell you how often I talk to somebody and, and I bring up the name of Jesus and they say, who, who is that? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? We live in such a biblically illiterate world and we're failing. But listen, people need to be introduced to Jesus. And so that's what Jesus did. He didn't come to him and talk to him about his healing. He says, do you believe on the Son of God? Do you believe on the Son of God? When's the last time we've asked somebody that and talked to somebody about who Jesus is and introduced them to Jesus and and to the gospel? And there's a lot of people that hear the name Jesus, but they don't know what we're talking about. And so they need to be introduced to who Jesus is. Number three, we all need to see Jesus for who he is. When, when this man met Jesus, what happened? He was healed and he was given sight. So when he talked to the Pharisees, the name Jesus meant the man that healed me, that healed my blindness. Now, as you know, I'm all about um, you know, humanitarian acts and helping people in need. And we have the rescue house ministries and we help with different organizations in our community and we give in a benevolence fund and we have food drives and all those type of things. And, and, I, and I'm all for those. 
And, and we should do those and, and, you, and take opportunity to help families and help individuals in our community. Uh, but listen, people don't need us just to pay their bills and to give them food. People need us to tell them who Jesus is. And so we don't do all of these acts to, to just help people out in our community. And, you know, and, and I hear churches and, and organizations, they brag about, you know, we gave this much food out and we gave this, you know, we helped this uh, family with the clothes and all these type of things. And you never hear them say, we shared the gospel with this many people. And I've even talked with quote unquote pastors in our community and about programs. I'm like, yeah, well, what do you do to share the gospel? Well, well, we don't do that. Well, we don't, we, we're just trying to help people out and, and just build community and all those type of things. And, and listen, you're missing the point. You're missing the boat. I mean, you have such a great opportunity and, and you're failing as a church if you don't share the gospel and tell people to see who Jesus is. This man had met Jesus, but he didn't understand who he was. And so what does Jesus tell him? Do you believe on the Son of God? And he says, who is he? And he's like, you've talked to him, and guess what? You're talking to him right now. So we need to know, to meet Jesus. We need to know and to see who he is. But then number four, we all need to accept Jesus as Savior. I want you to look at the man's response. I believe. That's what he said. I, I, I believe. He didn't argue and debate. He didn't say, hey, I need you to prove yourself, which, I mean, obviously he had already proved himself as being God um, by giving him his sight. But he didn't argue and debate. He, he understood who Jesus was, and the Bible says that he, he believed. Realize that's what people have to do to have forgiveness of sin. You know, people don't have to go to your church to, to, to be saved. People don't have to do things your way to be saved. They need to be introduced to Jesus. They need to understand who he is, and then they need to accept him and his free gift of salvation. That's the, the gospel message. Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried according to the scriptures. He rose again according to the scriptures. And then all throughout the New Testament, the message is to, by faith, receive the free gift of salvation. And that's what we see right here in this man's life. He simply said, I, I believe. When we see the, the Christ on the cross and, and the um, two guys next to him and, and they start off mocking him and the one, uh, the one you know, who receives the gift of salvation and Jesus says, today you shall be with me in paradise. What did he do? What happened while he was there on that cross? He did no good works, but what did he do? He believed. He believed that Jesus is the Son of God who died for the, for the sins of the world and, and for his sin. And that's what, that's what we have to do today. That's what people in our community have to do today. But the only way they're going to believe is if, is if they're introduced to Jesus. And then I want you to see his final reaction here. The Bible says, verse 38, he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped, and he worshiped him. That's the response. You see, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, our lives change. We become new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things are become new in Jesus Christ. And so our life is changed. We got, we got people running around doing a lot of religious activity and things like that, trying to change their life and all that stuff so that they can be accepted by God. 
No, the, the actions change after we accept Christ as our Savior. Our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. Everything that you do is, it, it amounts up to nothing to earn favor with God. And so, but this man, after he is introduced to Jesus Christ, he believed on Christ and received the free gift of salvation. And then the Bible says he worshiped. He worshiped him. And so his life changed. He bowed down literally as an act of worship before, before Christ because of the change that was made in his life. You know, there should be a difference in our life after we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Our, our heart and our life and our mindset should all be towards worshiping him for who he is and for what he's done in our life. And I love that, that statement. And he worshiped, he worshiped him. This man's life was changed. The first time he was introduced to Jesus, he was healed and then he was gone. And then when he comes back and Christ finds him after he was cast out, he's there just having a conversation with Jesus. And he understood who he was and the change that was made in his life, that this is God. And so I bow my heart and I bow my life and I worship him. And so that should be our mindset on a day-to-day -day basis that we worship him for who he is and for what he's done in our life. And then we come to verse 39 and Jesus says something interesting as we finish up here. He says, for judgment I am come into this world that they which see not might see and they which see might be made blind. Now, multiple occasions in the past, Jesus has said, I, I didn't come into the world to judge the world, but that the world through me might be saved. And so some might see this as a contradiction or an issue, but the reality is, is Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world. He came into the world to say, to bring salvation so that you and I can have forgiveness. And so, but the reality is, is if you don't choose salvation on God's terms, then judgment is the reality. So he came to bring salvation and, and salvation is done God's way, not man's way. And that's what the, one of the major issues we have in our world, that's what we see here in the lives of the Pharisees. They wanted everything to be done their way. And so they had their religion and their Sabbath and their way of doing things. And Jesus wasn't lining up with them instead of them lining up with Jesus. And so many people in our world today are trying to do this religion, this Christianity, this, this uh, salvation, this going to heaven thing their own way. And it doesn't work that way. Jesus said, I came so that the world through me might be saved. I came to bring salvation. I came to make the world right with God. But it has to be done on God's terms. And so Jesus tells his disciples that, that I, um, no man cometh unto the Father but through me. And so we see in the Bible over and over and over that, that the only way to get to God and to have your sins forgiven and to give an eternal life is to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's the only way. If you choose to reject that, then you're choosing the judgment of God. You're choosing wrath. And so Jesus is saying, listen, I've come. And if you don't accept me as Savior, then the reality is judgment. But if you choose to accept me as this man did, then you will have eternal life. You will have forgiveness of sin and you will be, have a relationship with God. 
But then he brings us, as we close verse 40, or verse 40, these Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, are we blind also? And notice what Christ says. If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, we see, therefore your sin remaineth. The problem here is in your religion, you're still a sinner. In your pharisaical mindset, you're still a sinner. That, that's your problem. Because you believe that you see, but you see in your own way, you see on your own terms, and therefore you're lost in your sin. Because it's not about the religion and keeping the Sabbath day and doing all these things. It's about receiving me as this blind man did. Well, we're better than this blind man. We're, more, we're moral. We're, we're, we're more religious than he is. So we're better off. And Christ says, no, because of that mindset, you're dead in your sins. And therefore, if you stay that way, when you leave this world, you will receive the judgment of God. Today, as we look at the life of this blind man, the truth of this passage is that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. I hope that you can say, I see. There's only one way to get to God. There's only one way to have sins forgiven, and it's through accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, don't say, I see, because you just want me to be quiet and end the sermon and be done. I see because we went through the motions and we're out of here. Listen, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, there's nothing else that is going to make you right with God. And I hope you see that today. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. And I pray that you help each person under... The sound of my voice today, examine their life before you. I hope they'd be honest with themselves. And if they've never accepted Christ as their Savior, may today be the day in their life.